Take three. <sighs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Episode nine. It's called Down with the Sickness. <sighs> Got some people here talking. My name's Todd. This is Adam. Oh, this is Daniel. Hey, what's up? Everybody, ah, this is Ian. Ian's here for the first for time. the first time. Yay. First one of these. Yay! And I'm William. So in this week's episode, uh, down with the sickness, we have our group dealing with a very dark gray plague. How will they adapt? I don't know. It's I would like to find out. Sounds bleak. This is also just as a heads up. This is the last episode that we have uh, our customized opening theme. We ran out. Yeah, yeah. We just, it's a lot of work. The, piece, the couple of us that have musical so talent just ran out of ideas. and that's... We really did. Who knew that we only had like six ideas? <laughs> <Right>? Typical. <laughs> so, last time. Last time. Show, Ian, tell us about it. Okay, so last time was the episode before this. Episode um, eight. Episode eight, one might say. Um, so, so what, can you believe what happened in episode eight, Ian? Irma Gerd! Uh, Dylan and Melissa are still alive. Yay! Yay! Which is, you know, it's nice because you play Dylan. It is nice because I get to still voice a character who's a dick. <laughs> you are good. Uh, yeah, I'm real good at it. You're a very good dick, um, douche lord. <laughs> 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 um, we also have a new voice and character, um, my friend Sarah, who is voicing Zula. With an X. With an the X. The mighty Zula. Yeah. Warrior princess. Um... Sarah is a friend from college and really neat. She does theater stuff. Doesn't she do makeup stuff? Yeah, she does like cosplay, makeupy things. She does a one-woman tartan show at bus stations. Well. We only yeah. cast nerds. Is that what we're saying here? Like professionally, like does she work for a company? Is there anything you can tell us about this person? Actually, she did um, uh, so comic geeks. She did comic geeks. She was. Uh, she responded to an ad um, on Craigslist. And it was Comic Geeks. Oh, I don't ever remember her being on set. Yeah, she was there for like a minute. Oh, okay. Um, she was like, peace. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so there's a little a little tie-in that nobody That's interesting. Oh, uh, if you're, uh, Todd and I are also in a web series called Comic Geeks, so. Um, on a totally separate and not related note whatsoever. That's a good segue. Yeah, I'm real good at them. Um, we have a PayPal set up on... It's uh, tough to bring up. It's yeah, it's really awkward, but we really enjoy doing this, and we hope that you guys really enjoy listening to it. And we spend a lot of time and effort. Not that it's like hard or not enjoyable, but like speak for yourself. Well, for Dan, yeah, I mean, yeah, for Dan, Dan, actually, I think we can all agree here that Daniel is the one who currently works on this thing. Um, and especially we now kinda, the writing's done. Yeah, and we just we just kind of hang out. You guys sit back. I'll take care of it. <laughs> so if you enjoy it and you can donate, please, it would be it would help us out big time because then we could do like posters and t-shirts. And if you like the show, you could get a t-shirt and things like that. So, yeah, that is true. Very true. Cool. Very true. And coincidentally, while we're on topic, it's it's been about a year, I think, now that we first met and started the first that pre-production meetings on the show. So it's been, Aww. I guess, a year. And what we just released episode uh, eight. So. So this week, I think we're going to give props to, uh, who are we giving props to, Adam? Jack and David over at SonicSociety.org. Uh, when we first came out, um, these dudes were nice enough to showcase our show at a time when, you know, I mean, we had just been out of, you know, maybe a month or two, only had a couple of episodes under our belt, and Jack and David really liked it, and they were nice enough to feature our program on their program, which really showcases a lot of really great audio dramas, so, um... 
And it wasn't just online, it was actually like on Canadian radio? Yeah, yeah, they're they're based out of, uh, I believe, Bill, Nova Scotia. H- Halifax, Halifax, Nova Scotia. Yeah, Halifax. Halifax. Canada. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, if you enjoy our program and you're looking for um, similar shows, definitely check out sonicsociety.org. They feature uh, different audio dramas every week, and Jack and David are really cool dudes, so show them your support if you can. You know, if you guys are ever curious about what goes into the show or if you have any, you know, questions for us or... Oh, man, that'd be awesome. Listener questions. Topic oh, man, discussions, yeah. you know, or some topics for discussions. Yeah, because like we're to... ranting right now. Cause yeah, because yeah, I've gotten yeah. some feedback that these are a little short. Are they really? And they would like yeah. us to stretch them out a little Half bit. Half hour really? of this and then wow. we'll I double down on the episodes. Right on. There's one... There's one listener who always gives feedback, Jeff Eldon. Jeff Eldon, yes. Jeff Eldon does give feedback Jeff is a staunch on supporter Q. of our show. Is, he is, is a that good the man. guy that that's, amazing. He's a great he's guy. A that's based in Russia? I Gosh, I... I oh, we are just Josh, terrible. Nice. No, it's Jake. I think it's Jake. Jake. Oh, Russia. the guy Jake from is really Groove nice. Yeah, Groove Shark. Yeah, Jake the Shark. guy from Groove Shark. Yeah, Jake, he's a cool guy. Jake is cool. In Russia... This is a shout out. Yeah, to you. shout out, buddy. Yeah. So awesome. our two fans, Jake and Jeff. Jake and Jeff. This yes. is for you guys. <laughs> it's all for you. Before we go, go to our website. You can find all the episodes, the credits for all the episodes, where you can see uh, there's links in the credits to all the bands that um, you can find all their music and stuff on there. And um, our band camp page. And our band camp page. Our music that Ian and I have written and recorded. Right. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yep. Definitely. And then our Twitter, which is at CalamityCast. I our, check that shit all the time. So right. dudes, like, get on there. Yeah, Dan is tweeting. Oh, yeah. every time we get a new follower, I'm like, God, 31? <laughs> yeah, and likes on Facebook. I don't, which we know, haven't I don't hit that... yet, guys. So That's a pipe get, dream. Yeah, 31 followers on Twitter. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. And then our Facebook is yeah. facebook.com slash. People know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Episode 9, let's do this. Steampunk. Since the dawn of time, there have been stories of great heroes and their victories. This is no such story. A Beginner's Guide to Interplanetary Destruction, Episode 9, Down with the Sickness. Ian McGowan and Dan Williams wielded mighty pens to force this episode into existence. The usual suspects, a.k.a. Dave, Eugene, Joan, John, and Will, were voiced by Todd Roth, Adam Bauer, Laura Turner, Zach Minnett, and Daniel Williams. Additional voicing was provided by Adam Bauer, Dave Goddard, Sarah Hitzel, Ian McGowan, William Mead, and Todd Roth. The latest version of our theme was arranged and performed by Ian McGowan. This guy does everything. The songs Industrial Revolution and Gloom Horizon appear courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Excreted from our mother's womb comes from Nora Keys, online at norakeys.com. Freemusicarchive.org provided Cutie by Yubi Blake and his orchestra, and Siam Sue by Happy Six. Finally, Spiral's main theme number four was written and performed by the Rats and People Motion Picture Orchestra, online at theratsandpeople.com. All recording, editing, and mixing done by Daniel Williams. If only we'd stayed a little longer. I could have honed my naval combat tactics with Captain O'Doul's. Ten years sober. With as much treasure as he walked away with, I would have been a salt life. Do you think you could handle that kind of commitment, Will? Hey, there... was that... Shut up, Joan. You know, Eugene, for a guy who used to give me a ton of shit for selling bootleg DVDs, you sure enjoyed being a pirate. Dave, you do realize that you're stealing, right? You're committing a felony? I can't even believe you're allowed to sell these on the comp floor. Technically, I'm selling home movies. What do you care anyways? It's a victimless crime. Who the hell is going to buy bootleg DVDs when they can just torrent them anyway? Yeah, 
I didn't think about that until I made all these copies. But I stole the DVDs too, so I'm not out that much. Are you sure you're a scribe and not a rogue? Ugh, I'm going for the concession stand. I think I saw Jason. Bring me back some nachos! Killing a sea mammal for sport is one thing, but illegally profiting off of the entertainment industry? Despicable! Okay, back to the important stuff. Now that we're rested and have the crystals, we can get moving. We only have one last artifact to obtain. What is it? The engine for the device. Our research shows that we'll find it in an alternative version of Earth's 19th century Victorian England. Don't say it. You mean steampunk? I love those tiny hats! God damn it! I don't even know what steampunk actually is. As far as I'm concerned, it's all just welders, goggles, and small hats. Not to mention- David, we're all familiar with your opinions on the various punks, both steam and cyber. I don't believe now is the time to revisit them. Ugh, me either. Your pop culture references do nothing but give me migraines. Enough of this nattering about. Where are we going? George O'Keefe is suffering from wanderlust. We are headed to a sprawling city called Haywick. Think of it like an alternate reality London. Oi! What's up, your bum? I wonder what kind of able teased I have. Worst accent ever. Uh, sometimes I feel like I'm the driver of a very short bus. Regardless, you all should know that Haywick is a city divided by sickness. While South Haywick continues to prosper, North Haywick has been quarantined due to a very dark gray plague. <gasps> Fortunately, I have a contact located in South Haywick, and he knows where the engine is. Yay! Uh, unfortunately, it is likely in the quarantine zone of North Haywick. Aww. I've managed to gather more period-appropriate garb. Put on these inappropriately sized hats. God damn it! Where do you even get all these costume changes? Keep your weapons close, but take care not to draw them. The technology will look wildly out of place. Once we're through, we'll head for a pub called the Sheared Sheep Sheep's Near. Sounds like a place I spent a week in one night. The Lonely Hearts Club Bland arrives in South Haywick, across the square from the Sheared Sheep Sheep's Near. The cobblestone roads are filled with steam-powered horse-drawn carriages, men in top hats and swallowtails, women in corsets and robust dresses. And everything's covered in gears. <gasps> and look how foggy it is. And I am shocked at the number of blimps in the air. Speaking of gears, there is a convenient number of clocks around here. Certainly no shortage of timepieces. Holy shit, that lady's riding a velocycle! Ugh. Well, now that we've acquainted ourselves with South Haywick, perhaps we can get back to the task at hand? Jesus Christ, yes please. My contact, a man named Haytham Atkinson. Because of course it is. Said to meet him at the pub just across the square, the Sheared Sheep Sheep's Near. We'll discuss the next steps further once we've learned all we can about where this engine is. Ooh, I could use a delicious steamy adult beverage. I have a thirst as well, but for something besides drink after seeing all of these corset-clad buxom beauties. <laughs> no, we don't have time for such high jinks. Let's just find Haytham and go from there. How will we recognize this man, John? Will he be wearing a fancy cravat? Or perhaps a clockwork hand? Well, I don't exactly know what he looks like. We've only communicated via a pan-dimensional radio frequency. I don't have any knowledge of his physical form. So we're going to walk into a bar and ask for information. Whoa, deja vu. It appears so, although I'm sure you're all up to this almost excessively familiar task. Buddy. God damn it, Todd! Our troop steps into the Sheared Sheep Sheep's Near, a tavern only adequately lit and sparsely populated. 
kind of like every pub in every one of Edgar Wright's movies. This tavern looks to be bereft of happiness. Uh, allow me to do the talk. Barkeep, we have a thirst, and we require information. I'm looking for a man by the name of Haytham Atkinson. Because of course we are. And I was told I could find him here. Have you seen him? Sure, I know Haytham. He's that drunken buffoon sat down just in the corner over there, spouting off all that plague malarkey. Claims he caused it all, but I don't figure a man who can't keep his tiny hat on could mastermind a sickness of this scale. And tell your friend here he'd better keep that, uh, weapon to himself. Our patrons aren't exactly the most savory lot. Thank you, sir. I think that's all we'll- I'll have a steamy adult beverage. Samesies. Mr. Atkinson. Who are you? What did you want? Oh, finally come for me, have you? Well, this is about time. I always knew you'd find me. Guess my days as a free man are over. Man, this guy is two shits to the sheep wind. What in tarnation? What? Why you hit me? Collect yourself. If you're Haytham Atkinson, we need information. And if not, I've smacked another stranger. <laughs> Haytham, it's me, John Vorick. We've spoken before with my colleague Tedry about the engine you found. John, by God, it's you. You came. You really have mastered interuniversal travel. I have so many questions. Soon. First, the engine. Do you have it? Yes. Uh, well, in the lab in North Haywick. So... No. What the hell is this engine? How did you even find it? Oi, you! Tavern wench! Another round here! Oi! Next time you call me a wench, I'll stomp your balls into a quip, eh? Oh, I like this one. <laughs> uh, you were saying, Haytham? Right, right. Uh, well, it started when we began testing a new one-man bathysphere designed by my colleague, Dr. Cyrus Tree Creeper. Because of course it is! Just off the coast. It was a new version, able to delve deeper than anything previously concocted. I was testing the creation myself, but while I was perusing the deep blue depths, I discovered this... this engine. I brought it back to the lab, and together we began experiments. Can you believe it, Ethan? A window into another world! The discovery of a lifetime! I feel uneasy about this, Cyrus. If this is a window, then that means someone or something could see us, or even come through. We don't know what dangers lie beyond. You always were overly cautious. Don't be a coward. We're pioneers, Haytham. We're ushering in a new era of scientific discovery. He was overzealous. He was too preoccupied with the idea that we could that he failed to consider whether or not we should. What kind of experiments did you perform on this thing? We were alternately blasting it with high voltages and low levels of radiation. In my last experiment, we sent a rat through the window to see if a living creature from our world could handle such an alien environment. The tether held and the rat seemed fine upon his return. For a while, things remained normal. Even I was becoming more optimistic at the possibilities. But then Mortimer, that's, uh, that's the rat, became ill. He started showing signs of living decay. It spread quickly to the other rats, and then to an unfortunate lab assistant, and then to more people. Weeks went by, and soon North Haywick was quarantined as a precaution while the search for a cure endured. But I was able to make it out before the wall went up. Wait, so how do we know you aren't infected? The symptoms present after mere days. I've been symptom-free for two months now. Upon my departure from the lab, even Cyrus appeared in full health. Perhaps it has something to do with our close contact with the engine. So how do we get to this lab in North Haywick? And will I have cause to unsheath the keef? What was? I can get you there, but only on one condition. Anything, name it. I want to get as far away from this city as possible. The plague is growing, and so will the quarantine zone. The guilt of being the cause of such tragedy weighs heavily on me. By putting distance between me and the city, I hope to move forward with my life. Do you have a plan for your departure? Not yet, no. 
Maybe I'll abscond with a dirigible. I call pilot! Well, I've never even seen you operate a motor vehicle. I went hang gliding once. It's probably the same. The Harbingers gather around as Haytham explains his plan. Proceed to a military checkpoint along the quarantine wall. Claiming to have the plague, they'll voluntarily surrender themselves for quarantine, thus enabling them to roam North Haywick in pursuit of the engine. Hey them, how does the plague affect its victims? It must be rather debilitating to cripple an entire city like this. Indeed. The sickness is symptomless for the first few days, but after the incubation period, the afflicted experience rapid weight loss and develop a whooping cough, which we believe is how the disease spreads. Weight loss in a cough doesn't sound so bad. Maybe not, but that's only the beginning. The victims become lethargic as the illness slowly eats the body from the inside out. The worst part is that the brain retains full function while the plague runs its course. These people are fully aware of what they are experiencing. That sounds awful. Disease is the tool of a coward. Uh, w what do you mean? I'd rather my enemy stab me in the face. <laughs> so, how far through this plague-infested quarantine zone do we have to go to get to the lab? The lab is located in a clock tower. <laughs> well, where the hell else would it be? In the city center. It's not too far from the checkpoint once we get inside. Once we get there, we'll need an escape plan. Well, there won't be dirigibles lying around inside the quarantined area. If they did, those infected could just escape willy-nilly. Right, so, uh, maybe we split up? How about Joan, Will, and I will try and commandeer a dirigible? I am totally going to steal a blimp. Perfect. There's a balcony at the top of the clock tower. Look for all of the- Gears! Yeah, we get it! While Dave, Joan, and Will go forth in search of a dirigible, a.k.a. steampunk blimp, John, Eugene, and Haytham hail a VeloCycle taxi to take them to the nearest quarantine checkpoint. Um, to the nearest checkpoint, please. Hey, One place says you want to head to the Warfer. I, uh, I have some friends in from out of town. We're from Devon. <laughs> they, uh, they don't believe how tall it is. Eh? <laughs> well, as long as you compare the fair, Boyle. I still don't understand why they would put a lab inside of a clock tower. I bet we'd be surprised by the number of experiments they conduct that require the power of lightning. Yeah, buddy. Lightning and science go together like ferrets and bubblegum. That doesn't make sense. Come on, buddy. Science and lightning, ferrets and bubblegum. Anyway, we should probably focus on getting our hands on some kind of steam blimp. Well, they can't be too hard to find. I saw a balloon taped to a bicycle earlier. Shut up, Will. The group scans a skyline for a potential mark. They look past the police dirigibles, because come on, they're not that stupid, and finally rest their eyes upon... Look, there's one at the top of that miniature hat factory over there. Well, that seems like an appropriate place as any. David, Will, I've kept my thoughts to myself throughout our whirlwind adventures, but I must confess, I'm wary of John's motives. You know, I feel like we brought this up already. We know that John's mother serves on a war council, and that we're searching for the pieces of an ancient device. Do you think this device is a weapon? I don't know. But what's stopping us from beating the crap out of him until he takes us home? Eugene is more than capable of smashing his head into tiny bits. He clearly needs our help, but I'm concerned about our role in this. He's consistently evasive whenever we question him directly. We're in this for Dylan and Melissa. Regardless of what it's used for, John told us the device can alter the timeline, and while he's evasive, he's never been dishonest. That means when all is said and done, we'll get our friends back. The Triumvirate arrives at the miniature hat factory and notices a fire escape on the side of the building. They head toward it, wary of any possible threats, which is ridiculous because who would threaten a hat factory? All right, Will, I'll hoist you up and you pull the ladder down. 
when we get to the top, I'll scope out the scene and try and sneak into the cockpit. <laughs> Hopefully, there won't be many guards present. Well, if there are, we still have our weapons. Okay, I see a guard dog. Is it big? It looks like someone stuffed a chihuahua with a honey-baked ham. What I wouldn't do for a ham sandwich right now, I would do some bad things. I'm sure we'll be able to satiate our hunger soon, David. First, we need to make our way aboard that dirigible. Hey! Some lady just got on board! Uh-oh. It sounds like she's taking off. Hurry! What the hell? What are you doing? Who are you? We're taking this dirigible! No, I'm taking this dirigible. My sister's up beyond the wall, and I'm meant to rescue her. Well, hey, we're heading up that way, too. Neat! She was working with some scientist, a Dr. Tree Creeper. We wrote to each other every week before the wall went up. Since then, I haven't heard from her, not once. That was six weeks ago. Oh, no. What's your sister's name? Winnie. Professor Winnie Carlyle. Well... Eliza. Well, Eliza, as coincidence would have it, we were hoping to commandeer... Steal. Abscond? This dirigible as a getaway vehicle for our friends. Your friends are trapped behind the wall. Are they infected? I won't have anyone infecting my sister. No, our friends are perfectly healthy. They're just up there to... Uh, uh, steal... Uh, science? Right. A... a science... thing. What? So, do you know how to fly this thing? No, I've only managed to turn it on. But I've flown many an ornithopter. I'm sure I can figure it out. Will has piloted a hang glider. I'm sure that the both of you combined would make a competent dirigible pilot. Let's get this show on up. Ah, it's so hot! Why is it so hot? <laughs> it's steam, buddy. Come on! With the necessary and hilarious release of the build-up valve, the dirigible takes flight. While Will pulls the levers, Liza operates the pedals. Between the two of them... This is great! Whee! They set a course to the clock tower. Simultaneously, Haytham's plan works, and the other half of the group proceeds into the slums of North Haywick without incident. As they walk the city streets, Eugene, John, and Haytham note the dilapidated buildings and unkempt sidewalks. Trash litters the streets, and the city is quiet, save for the moaning of the sick and dying. My god, it's even worse than I imagined. <coughs> Please, it's so cold north of the wall. Do you have any firewood? Kindling? Ooh, I'm sorry for your predicament, but if you get any closer, you'll feel the warmth of Jojo O'Keefe. Aww. <laughs> oh. Eugene, I don't think that will be necessary. They don't need your help dying. Remember, be mindful of the infected. We believe the sickness is spread through the cough. Once we get to the clock tower, we should be okay. There it is, just ahead. Once we're inside, is the lab difficult to get to? In order to effectively harness as much lightning as possible, we built the lab at the top of the tower. There's a crank lift just inside that'll take us up. Here, uh, where did I put that? Wolf gas back! I had a key! Mine's bigger! <laughs> As Haytham leads the way through the ground level of the clock tower, John and Eugene take notice of their surroundings. Though dimly lit, it is obvious that this was once a tourist attraction of sorts. The floor is littered with pamphlets advertising blimp rides through the city, something called roboxing, and local opium dens. Yikes. There are signs posted for hourly clock tours. That's the worst tour ever. Anyway, I assumed you all would be using the lightning to light this place. I feel like something is going to jump out at us. I certainly hope so. By gods, what is roboxing? A true pleasure to behold for sure. Now come this way, the freight lift is in the back, beyond the welcome kiosk. Haytham, 
What exactly can we expect from the good Dr. Treescrimp? When I escaped two months ago, Cyrus was desperate, frantic even, to find a cure for the hell we brought on our city. With nothing but time and failure to fuel him, I can't imagine what he's become. He will not give up the engine willingly, that much I can assure you. He won't have a choice. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, the roll is just ahead. We'll have to be careful. The guards have surely spotted us and will be preparing to bring us down. Holy shit! That was a warning shot. Turn around immediately or we will bring you down. Eliza, how much further? The crossbows only have a limited range. Once we cross into North Haywick, we should be safe. Open fire! God damn it! The last guy to shoot me with an arrow bought me dinner first! I'm a willing to tell you something! Will, what did you do? I just killed that guy! Yes, but was that machine important? Probably just navigational equipment. Nothing to worry about! We're clear now. The bolts can't reach us. The clock tower is straight ahead. We can dock on the balcony. Man, I wonder if the other guys are having as adventurous a time as us. And it's raining. Ah. <laughs> Stop that. No. <laughs> What you all do makes no difference to me. I have to find my sister. Once I find Winnie, I'll barricade us in the dirigible until you have acquired the science you seek. We should find Eugene and the others. The quicker we do, the quicker we're out of here, and the quicker we're home. Check it out. There's the balcony. It looks like there's a heated exchange happening. I'm sorry. But I can't give you the engine. Not when I'm so close. This is bigger than you. Bigger than all of us. This isn't a negotiation. Please, give me more time and I'm certain I can develop a cure. A day, a week, a month, anything. What's a month to save the lives of thousands? I am talking about the lives of everyone in existence. The past, present, and future of everything everyone has ever known and will know. All of it erased. I am taking the engine. As Will and Eliza docked the dirigible, Dave and Jones scaled down the rope ladder to the balcony. Heavy winds have set in, blowing rain across the balcony surface. As Dave and Joan head toward the others... I'm taking the engine! You can't! I can save her! I can save all of them! Desperate, Dr. Tree Creeper charges forth, armed with medical scissors. His blow strikes true, but as he pulls the scissors away... As I said before, you don't have a choice. John tosses Cyrus to the ground and... Please! <gasps> Jesus! I didn't think you had it in you! Haha! <laughs> This feels wrong. Where is she? Where's my sister? Cyrus was trying to resuscitate her when we arrived, but she was already lost. There was nothing else we could do. I'm... I'm so sorry. What? What are you saying? She wasn't sick or else she would have told me. Cyrus said that she became infected about two months ago. He found a letter for you in her room. Uh, a last will and testament. I'll... I'll show you to her quarters. While Eliza searches for her sister's final words, the rest of the group reconvenes. <sighs> now that we have the engine, we can leave this wretched world. Unfortunately, it seems as if the good doctor's scissors have damaged the statham. 
I, I can't set coordinates, so we'll have to jump blind. John, you just killed that man. I c couldn't imagine you were capable of such cold-blooded behavior. Seriously, you killed a man on his knees! Look, you can chastise me later. We have to go. Now! My dearest sister Eliza, I fear this will be my final letter for some time. I've been hiding my condition from you, but only to develop a cure for this awful disease that has so enraptured North Haywick. Unfortunately, it appears we are no closer to a vaccine and I grow weaker by the day. Cyrus is a good man and a brilliant scientist. He has done everything within his power to save the city. Do not blame him for this, but rather our hubris as scientists. We have dabbled in forces beyond our knowledge and control and have paid dearly for it. This letter will serve as my last will and testament, although I hope it's only a precaution. I bequeath all of my earthly belongings to you to do with what you will. I will see you on the other side, sweet sister. Love always, Winnie.